You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Um, what it is that we must never forget is that the scripture, our Lord Jesus speaking to the Pharisees at a point says the scriptures cannot be broken. One of the things I've learned is that whenever you find a truth in the word of God, it will connect and confirm some other truth you found some other before. You see, the new one you're finding is strengthening it and what that does is that it helps you to be more established. The last Sunday, what we had learned was that the secret for surviving these hard times is that you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And as we were just saying now, I was, and I had to look into my past, the Bible, and realize that when this young man answered in Matthew 19, 20, he says, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still like? Do you know what he liked there? He did not love the Lord his God with all his heart, with all his mind, and with all his, all his soul. That one, and it wasn't listed. Jesus didn't list it out for him. That was where he was lacking. And that's why Jesus said, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and follow me. Okay? Now, the truth is this. If we miss the first, we have missed the second. If we miss the first, we have missed the third, the fourth, the fifth, and everything. And that's what it is with this young man. He was missing the first. He was getting every other thing. And if you note, all the other things he was doing were things that people could note. Nobody would know where his trust was. But because we're discussing, my wife and I were discussing this morning. And, you know, I was just trying to tell her how those world operates. You know, some of the things that could confuse us sometimes is that you see people successful, you see things happening. The truth is this, if you set out, we've learned here also some time ago, that if you set out to be a fraud, assuming you come into this church now, and you decide that you don't care about God, you don't care about eternity, you don't care about anything, you can succeed to a large extent. Because you can meet somebody and introduce yourself to the person as a professor. Do you understand? You can lie, that's once you have decided this is the direction you're going. You can succeed in that direction to an extent. You have no fear of man, no regard for conscience. You know, do you know that in New York, in America, one of the uh, senators or how, um, was such a complete fraud that just finding it out now, a Republican, everything he told them was false. <laughs> do you understand? You know, if you decide to be a liar, you can lie, 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 lie. Until all the lies converge and they discover you. While you're doing that, you know, you'll be passing people who are telling the truth. Can you do this job? I say, well, let me try. I haven't done it before. Can you do Ah, this is what I've been doing. Ask them about. We employed a driver who couldn't drive. If he wants to park a car, 10 minutes he's still trying to park. I'll be looking at this guy. But he told us he has experience, maybe eight years experience. And you can't park a car. Do you understand? So if, you lie, if, if, if the, the way the world is structured, when you choose a direction, once you're not factoring God into it, you can get away with a lot of things. In fact, there's one scripture. Should I show you that scripture? I think it's Daniel um, 11. Let me show you something that will help because part of why we come is that we look into the word of God and it answers some questions that we're asking in our hearts. Daniel, I think it's 11. Let me find it. Talking about the, uh, the man that is going to rise up and speak pompous things and do all kinds of things. Where, where is that scripture? Okay, in essence, what that passage was saying was talking about, I think it was Antichos, that's this king's name, that will be speaking blasphemous things, will not have regard for kings, for God, for anybody, you know. And then they said he is going to prosper and succeed until the time of wrath, until the time of his judgment. Okay? Anyway, so, but the essence of what, what, you know, we're saying is that this young man, 
got away with everything. I mean, look at even as at Sunday, we didn't know. He had scored 100%. But where he was missing it was the core of it. Praise the Lord. Now, in essence, still talking about riches and poverty and all of that. Some people, by reason of their not loving God, can do things that you, because you love God, you have not done. And when they appear, some people might think God loves them more than he loves you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Some people have married because they met a man, you know, met a brother, God-fearing brother, you know, purposely slept with the man who didn't want to sleep with them, took in and told the man, see, oh, you have put me in family where you must marry me. And then you'll be saying, ha, God answered this sister's prayer. But the sister has caught it with the hand of the devil. Then another one, a brother proposes and, you know, she agrees and along the line the brother wants to sleep with her. The brother says, no, I'm a child of God, I can't do such. And then the guy refuses to marry her. You see the two of them, you see this one. God loves this one and this one God doesn't love. Whereas inside of their hearts, one loves God and one doesn't care about God. Praise God. So these are things that we see in the scriptures and we see why the word of God says what it says. Okay? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all everything. It's the first. All the other things are secondary. Is it philanthropy? Is it generosity? Wicked men have mastered it. We're talking about Escobar, you know, the other day. Escobar was one of the most generous people in his place. He would take care of, you know, children. He comes, children love him. But he'll kill their fathers if they interrupt his business. And wipe off a whole village, you know, if they disturb his consignment. But he's kind, he's generous, he's all of that. People say, oh, he's such a nice person. When he comes to the office, he dashes people money. But he's the very reason that nation is not prospering. So what kind of niceness is that? Okay? So love the Lord thy God with all your heart was where this young man was missing it. And that was why Jesus, being God, put the test right where it was. And now somebody might say, but it's not an easy test. Definitely, it's not an easy test that any of us here can boast we will you know, be able to pass. But where the secret is, is that when Jesus said it to the man, he says he went away sorrowful. If he had that love, like you know, Pastor Livingston said, love for the truth. When you find it, you ask the truth, help me. Praise the Lord. Help me. Remember the encounter with the man that his son you know, was epileptic. When Jesus told him, he said, Lord, help my unbelief. But this young man, once he heard it, he said, I, th- I think say, for talk better thing. You know, he left. And that is the thing for us, you know, pray without ceasing. We've learned it here in church that prayer is not for the strong. Prayer is not for the man who is accomplished. Prayer is for all of us that are growing every day. So you hear some things, you know this is a difficult thing. This is a hard thing. Who can bear it? You fall on your knees and say, Lord, do what? Help me. And then the Lord being father. Do you know what it is? I don't know if how many of us have been teachers before. Pastor now will understand what it means. How do you feel after a class, you know, or maybe you're going to the staff room. A student runs to you and say, please, teacher, please. You know, this thing that you taught us, I really don't understand this side. It gives you more joy even than the person that's called 100% without asking. Because it shows that he doesn't know it, but he wants to know it. Now, that is the way the father looks at us. So he's not even impressed by the person that is here and says, I can do that, I can do that, I, oh, I can do that. He's more touched by the person who says, oh, this is difficult, but Lord, help me. Praise the Lord. So that is what we find from this man. And, you know, our Lord Jesus went on and says, it is hard for a rich man, which we've, you know, touched you already, that it is hard for anybody to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The only door we have accessing the kingdom is Jesus. Praise God. Jesus has done the hardest part. He has done the one we could never do. And all he's saying to us now is what? Follow him. And we receive the grace to follow him in Jesus' name. Amen. So our theme still says it is possible. And I want us to know that the Holy Spirit helping us, this should mark a complete turnaround in our walk with God. Where you have that mindset Part of what we learned on Sunday is that from the beginning, the only thing we're supposed to know was what? Possibility. Imagine Adam in the garden before the fall. Okay? Imagine him, God saying to him, Adam, maybe um, Adam was on one side of um, 
Okay, Adam was on one side of Niagara Falls. And God was on the other side and called out to Adam and said, Adam, jump, come. Do you think Adam would say I was drowned? Adam would just go. You know why? Because until then, everything he said was it. He had never experienced failure. He had never experienced anything God said, you know, not happening. So Adam would have just responded. But the moment sin came in, a man introduced it into the world God created. That's how come difficulty came. That's how come we have thorns and thistles on the ground. Okay? That's how come, you know, animals started killing, you know, became carnivorous and all of that. Before then, there was no problem at all. Everything was possible. Praise the Lord. Now with salvation, we are being told with God how many things. All things are now possible. The battle is to put off that old mind where everything was hard, into the mindset and faith in God, where Christ is saying to you, if you can believe, all things are what? Possible. It's a battle we'll continue to fight, continue to push on through, until we come to the place where it becomes our second nature, or it becomes our new experience. Praise the Lord. All things are possible. Why? Because God is the author. God is the creator. We established on, on Sunday... That the Christian already believes in the miraculous. Praise the Lord. How did man come about? How did the whole world come about? How did woman come about? God said to Adam, lie down. Adam slept. God opened his ribs. Do you believe that? And brought out one rib bone. And out of it formed woman. Now, don't you know that you can sleep tonight and God will walk a miracle and take away five blood from you? Do you understand? And heal that affliction. Except you don't believe the records of scriptures. And the Bible says the things which are written were recorded for our admonition. They were written so we can read them and believe in them we can live the life we are living. Okay? So Adam sleeps, wakes up, out of his rib a bone was brought out and a woman was formed. And you're thinking that the problem that is weighing you down now, you need to go to Jericho and come back before God can solve it. Praise the Lord. Foundation, that's where we lay the foundation. Every Christian believes, you know, sometimes I have to, you know, begin to take myself back, take myself back and ask, what do I believe? One of the joys I had when, you know, when we're in Lagos that I used to travel, you know, a bit more frequently is that when I'm on air, I just look at the world. I look at, you know, above the clouds and I say to myself, God set this whole thing in motion. And if God did, then what are the little things that are around that I can't trust him for? And if we want to go scientific, let's take it this way. Praise the Lord. Since in the beginning, God created all things, right? So before there was anything, what do we have? God, thank you. Before there was anything, there was God. So God said, you know, let the water separate. First of all, let there be light. Okay, so before God spoke light, everything was an empty nothingness. So God spoke light into being. God separated the light and we had the days. God said the earth, water should separate. So we have solid ground, we have water. God said, let us make man, and all of that. And then the man God made, God gave him the brain. So man began to build, man began to do mortar, mix mortar, asphalt, and to build. Man began to do agriculture. Man began to do, you know, iron works, and all of that. Now, if God, who is the ultimate raw material, if you can permit me to use that, is saying to you now, this without all the things in between, why should you calculate is impossible? Okay. Praise God. Let me break it down. God created the earth. And in his wisdom, he said man will find water from rain. Isn't it? So now we find water from rain. But did you read the Bible where it said, for then God had not started causing rain to fall to the ground. So God could water the earth without rain. So rain is the modern invention. Do you know whether God wants to make a modern invention for you? So if there is no rain... We say there can be water. But human beings are doing irrigation. Does irrigation water come from rain? So God must have had his own way of irrigation before he started bringing rain. Now, in the time we are in, God supplies us water from river, drinking water now, river water, spring water, rain water, well water, right? All of that water. What did he do with the children of Israel? When he needed to give them water, did he give them rain water? Did he give them spring water? Did he give them a river water? 
What did he do? He said to rock, I add you to the source of water. So they went to rock and rock that God did not originally. He could have planned it that instead of water coming from rain, water will be coming from rock. But he left that for his private use. Do you know the miracle God wants to work for you using his private means? So God says, I will do this for you. And you look, there is no rain. You say, ah, I'm going to die of thirst. But he can bring water out of anywhere, from anywhere, however he wants. That's what we're talking about with God. God is the one who is foundation. Praise the Lord. He's the ultimate causative factor of anything that there is. Thank God we are flying airplanes now. But he said to Philip, okay, get up. Go there. He didn't bother any plane. The other day we had some event and mosquitoes have been disturbing us in the house. So I heard no flight. So I thought it was a fly. I looked around and, you know, my bushman, I realized it was a drone. But there, what's the difference between drone and fly? The sound is the same. I just said, what's going on here? You know? Do you understand? So God gives man the brain to bring out things out of what he has already given. Now, God does not have to depend on the means he created. He depends on himself. And that's what is calling you and I to believe in him so that you can do things that he wants you to do without explaining to him that the means are not available. Praise the Lord. So have faith in God is please remember whatever there is, I put it through. I'm the one who established it. It came from me. The challenge is this. Praise God. The challenge with this is that when we hear possible, our minds want to think frequency. Possible is not frequency of occurrence. Possible actually implies infrequent in occurrence. Praise the Lord. And that's where we are, but that's where we have to come out from. It is possible does not mean it occurs frequently. It implies it rarely occurs, but it will occur when you believe. It is possible does not mean it's easy. There is nothing that is easy that they'll say is possible. Nobody will use English language like that. You say, ah, can you sit down? I say, is it possible to sit down? You see, you're laughing because it's easy. Can we go for a stroll? Ah, is it possible to stroll? Nobody says that. But you say, ah, can you run, you know, faster than... He say, is it possible to run faster than a dog? Why? Because it is not what? Easy. So, that is the thing you must set. Possible does not imply frequency. That means you don't see it happen every day. Possible does not imply simple or easy. Praise the Lord. When you settle that you begin to enter into the theme, it is possible. It's not easy. It is possible. Means it is accomplishable. It is doable. Praise the Lord. So when you sit in that office and they throw up a challenge or something comes at you, don't say impossible when you mean it is infrequent. The king said to the uh, magicians and astrologers, he said, this dream that I dreamt today, when I go tell me, say, when I be magician, I will not tell you the dream. So you have to reverse, rewind, rewind, enter my dream world and dream with me. <laughs> And then wake up and tell me the dream. They said, King, this thing you have asked is what? It's impossible. Guess what? Can't handle this. But what did Daniel say? Daniel said, give me time. So it has never been done. Does not mean impossible for the believer. Praise the Lord, somebody. It is difficult. Does not mean impossible for you. So there are situations now that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind. So know that it is possible. It may not be easy, but it is possible. Praise the Lord. So we understand that and we settle that. So we don't get confused as we move on. However, Zechariah 8 verse 6. Let's see what it says. It's not easy. Oh, yes. It is not frequent. Oh, yes. But this is what the Lord says. Let's read it together, everybody. Thus says the Lord of hosts. If it is marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, will it also be what? Can we have the NLT, please? So God knows what he's saying. God is not saying, ah, no, it's easy. No, he says... With men, is not. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. All this may seem what? Impossible. I can't hear you. All this may seem what? Yes. So, because, you see, the way this battle works is that immediately 
Something will say to you, it's not possible. So the Bible is saying it may seem impossible. Okay. But is it impossible for your God? Separate matters. Is it impossible for our God? Says the Lord of heaven's armies. And tonight we are saying, with God, all things are what? Praise the Lord. So in essence, the whole of preaching, the whole duty of the preacher of God's word is what? It's not to vibrate before you. It's to get you to agree with God. That's the whole duty. That's the whole assignment. And no wonder the Bible calls it the foolishness of preaching. Because I'm speaking to you to suspend, you know, to a large extent, your senses, and just believe what God said. And when I get you to that point, you're unstoppable. And I've succeeded. And it's called foolishness. It's not scientific. Praise the Lord. Like I said this, you know, we've already said now, that God said to Adam, lie down, or Adam lay down and slept. And God, you know, performed a surgery, took out his rib and brought out a woman. You can believe that now. That's it. That's power already with you. You don't need anybody to push you down. Every day you tell God, Lord, whether I'm awake or asleep, you can walk this out. I can wake up and see that miracle. I can go out as I'm walking, the pain will go. I won't even remember until seven weeks later. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the essence of preaching. There's nothing else we have to do to get man to believe God. Please, 1 Corinthians 1.18. To believe and agree with God, everything God has said. The preaching of the cross is foolishness. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. What's the most important benefit you have as a Christian? Right. What's the most What's the most precious commodity that you and I have as a Christian? Salvation. What is salvation? That my sins are... Wait, wait. Let, let's process it now so you get the root. Now, so, already the devil is reminding me of the sins. Imagine if everywhere I went now, I'm being called guilty of lying, guilty of stealing, guilty of that. I'm carrying it everywhere I go. The one I lied, the one I stole, all of that, I'm carrying it everywhere. You know, life is going to be tough for me. But how did all of that get out of my body? How did that whole body get out of me? Preaching. Somebody told me that all my sins, Jesus paid for it. When Jesus died on the cross, he carried all my sins far away. If I believe Jesus now, I'll be free from the burden of my sins. And then I say, I believe Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I don't feel that weight again. And I'm now a new creation. I'm born again. What happened? Did I go back and pay back the things I stole? Did I go and start telling everybody, I lied to you, please forgive me. Did I go back to, do you understand what I'm saying? That's what it is. Now, that same way, any progress, any gain you're going to have in the kingdom is the foolishness of preaching. You'll believe it. Are you getting it now? That's the way it works. The most important was by preaching. You believe that Jesus took it. He took your sin far away. Okay, he took your sickness far away. He took your poverty far away. He took your shame far away. As you believe it, you now begin to realize that ah, God is true. We said on Sunday that the Bible speaking of Abraham says, Abraham believed God. And he, God, did what? Accounted it to him for... What did Abraham do? He believed what do you believe? Preaching. When you believe it, God says, ah, he agrees with me. And he says, you're righteous. But the trouble is this. There are many things that are, unquote, hard to believe. So God says to you, do this. And you really would want to do it, just like that young man that we read there. He really wanted to follow the Lord. But, you see, a poor man becoming rich is a miracle, wonder, is sweet. A rich man becoming poor. Ah, it's not easy. See, uh, I use two cars. Eh? When I use my big Lexus, okay, and drive on this bad road, I don't even know the road is bad. Because of the way the thing takes up, you know, all the all gallops and everything on the road. This other one that is still fine, when I use it, it's as though eh, they're using hoe to hit my car from both sides. What I'm saying is this. When that man considered moving from the high luxury that he was living and going down, he adjusted his shell like this and left. He said, I can't do this. Are you getting what I'm saying? But 
if he believed God, that this God, he called God good. If God is good or since God is good, nothing bad can come from obeying him. Praise the Lord. No, nothing bad. You see, you know we've passed stages, in, there are stages in Christian life. There's a stage where so many of us have said that, and I used to say that, ah, if not that I were born again, where would I have been in life? If not that we're born again, you know, ah, ah, if not that we're born again, ah, this born again is holding my trouser like this. I would have done this, I would have done that. You have not come into the revelation of the goodness of God. Your life can never be better if you were not born again. Do you understand? Is the enemy playing tricks on you? Knowledge and faith in the love of God makes you understand that he has chosen the best path for you. Do you understand? What you're thinking is your best path. The enemy is just bringing that up, you know, to bring confusion to your vision. Praise Jesus, somebody. So the whole essence of preaching. Okay, sorry, please. Let's do that 1 Corinthians 1.18 so we can move. So it says, for the message of the cross is what? Foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Okay, you can just go down to 25. It says, because the foolishness of God is what? Wiser than men. Okay, and the weakness of God is stronger. Just that. It's, preaching makes you leave your so-called wisdom to hold on to God's so-called foolishness. A good message will make you drop your wisdom. And pick God so called fully. That's why you come to church. And you have every reason to hold somebody in unforgiveness. And the person deserves it. What did I say? The person deserves it. Then you start hearing preaching. And when you finish hearing preaching, you call the person. Say, I apologize. And the person is wondering. You say, okay. What has happened is that your wisdom, you have exchanged it for God's so called foolishness. Which is wiser than you. And when you do that, as time goes on now, you see the blessedness in it. You see? So Adam and Eve sins against God. And the wisdom of men says, take uh, leaves and cover yourself and run away from God. That is the wisdom of man. Many people who are unsafe today, the reason they're unsafe is that their heart condemns them. But if they knew how much God loved them and the embrace that Jesus would give them, if they run to him with their sins. Many people are planning when they clean up, they will come to God. The wisdom of men. But if we preachers, if you and I do a good job to those people, they will know that with their sins, if they run to Jesus, Jesus will gladly cover them with his righteousness. I see what I'm talking about. So the whole thing we're doing is to get man to agree with God. Remember, God made man. God knows our frailty. God knows our wahala. He knows everything. That's why he has put himself as our redeemer. Praise the Lord. He has put himself as our help. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, what should he do? Should be ashamed? He's in trouble. No. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. How does he give? He gives liberally without upbraiding. You know what that means? There are no stupid questions with God. You know when we have interactive sections and people ask some questions, we laugh. You know why? Because we expect too much from people. God who made us knows how foolish we can be. So no matter what we ask him, he doesn't upbraid us. He says, okay, my son, he begins to instruct us. But unfortunately, pride will not let us ask him. Because when the man sits down or the woman sits down, he or she will think, ah, but I know this now. What is there to tell me? That's why men are acting foolishly. Because they think they're wise. That's why people are not receiving strength, because they think they're strong. That's why people are not receiving mercy, because they think they don't deserve, they are just, they are right, you know, justified. But the God is saying, agree with me. He said, if your sins are as red as scarlet, what shall I make them? I'll make them as white as snow. But you have to agree with me. Praise the Lord. So the enemy, from that fall, he's working hard to get man to just resist God. And that resistance is in every area. But in this season, God is calling us, amen, to a place of faith in him. To, you see, the Bible also says so many things with different words. When the Bible says, receive, to, he came to his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power. That word receive, you can replace it with believe. You can replace it with accept. You can replace it with trust. You can replace it with so many things. The same way with God, all things simply means to believe him. 
Do you understand? If you believe God, it's possible. This, uh, our text, this man did not believe Jesus. Because when Jesus said that, if we want to say rational, being a rational human being, he had already known what eternal life was to an extent. And the Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his? What shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Did this man factor it here? He didn't believe that Jesus meant what he was saying. He was waiting for the next rabbi that will come. Praise the Lord. So with is to believe, is to place confidence in, to say, did he say it? That's it too. That's it. Now, agreeing with him does not mean you have the power. Praise the Lord. Agreeing with him doesn't mean you know how. I will heal you. It doesn't mean you know how the healing will come. The blind man that Jesus healed, you know, God has just some interesting sense of, you know, human way of teaching us things. He meets a blind man who can't see. He sends him on an errand, puts, you know, clay, covers his eyes, and says, Go and wash. I need sight, and you're sending me. Hey, Joe. Show me the way. And they say what? He said, I'm, I'm going there to wash so I can be healed. Some people will slap him. Tell me, why are you believing that nonsense? Do you understand? He's blind. He can't see. Then you put clay on his eyes. You didn't lead him there. Go and wash in the pool. And the guy went. He <laughs> said, Lord, give me that extent of faith in you. Give me that dimension of faith in you. That's it. Agree with God. And what was his testimony? He put clay. He said, I should go and wash. I went and I washed, and now I, that will be somebody's worship. <laughs> but do you know how foolish it, it sounded and it was until he started to see? If you want to heal me, heal me. Don't make my shame more, more public. You know? Hallelujah. So, on Sunday, we, we talked about it, the it, which uh, we, we try to remember here. What God wants from me is possible. You must believe that. You know, it's interesting how man can be so bipolar, tripolar, and all of that. You can't come to a God that you believe is almighty. And then you don't want to ask yourself, you know, how does this God want me to relate with him? All you want is, what will this God do for me? You're not a believer. The best you can be is an idol worshiper. And even the idol worshiper even is a step ahead of you. Because once people go to native doctors... What they're asking for is, what should I do? Isn't it? Uh, what am I to bring? And when they're told, they don't play with it. So how can you say you're going to this almighty God to bless you, to do something for you? And what he wants from you is not a consideration. Who told you that? How can you believe that even? Do you understand? As you are now, personal, I give you a check for 20 million naira. Say, go to Zenith and cash it tomorrow. What you will wear to bank will not be normal. You will dress like somebody going to withdraw. You see, just the blessing alone changes you. You can't come to an almighty God. You cannot be coming to an almighty God to bless you. And you're sleeping with a man that is not your husband. And you're saying, I worship you. You don't know him. You're worshiping the ceiling. It's not possible. You can't be crying, oh Lord, bless me, oh Lord. And you're in iniquity. You don't know him. Listen to me. Let me ask you. Can somebody come and tell you, I went into water and came out. Uh, please, let me come. I said, ah, Mr. Coco, where are you coming from? He said, I just dipped in water and came out. I said, when? Yesterday. He said, no, just now. I'm just coming from inside water. You see, you're saying, ah. Do you know why? Let me tell you why. Come, come. So the camera will see. Do you know why you're saying, ah? Because you know water. What do you know about water? You know the properties of water. Okay? So you know that if somebody gets into water... The person will be wet. The same way if somebody says, I went to God and does not revere God. He hasn't entered God. He hasn't seen God. He hasn't come near God. He doesn't know God. You can't say you went to God and you're still in iniquity. You're still in disobedience. You can't. It's like all these are politicians that give glory to God. They don't know God. You can't be killing and be giving glory to God. You can't be bribing and be giving. You can't. It says special thanksgiving. They are thanking the bishop. How many of us here are born again? This God that's simple, you just answer somebody roughly. Somebody say something to you. I say, please leave me, leave me. This God, you go to kneel down. The spirit will be beating you as if you stole one million. How many have experienced that? Then you now kill somebody. 
and come and say, I, I want to bless the Lord. God helped us. <laughs> Do you understand? Sit down, my dear. You know the properties of water. If you enter water, you'll be wet. If you deal with God, you will revere him. You will worship him. You will trust him. When somebody is coming from the presence of God, that's another, the Bible says, perfect love casts out of fear. When you know God, fear will also go. And some of us need to grow in our knowledge of God so that some stupid fears will leave us. Just get what I'm talking about. You cannot, I've give, given us the illustration here. America says to you, I'll protect you. And then uh, 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 Eritrea comes and says, I will destroy you. Then you're panicking. Eh? Eritrea. Or Saltome and Principe. They say, with our might, we will destroy you. Then America says, with our might, we will protect you. What will you do? Then Saltome starts threatening you. You'll be laughing, isn't it? That's why David will look at Goliath and say, who is that uncircumcised Philistine? You know why? Because David knew God. David knew God. Perfect love, perfect revelation of God destroys fear. You're not afraid sickness will kill you. No, no. The the apostle Paul says, I know whom I have believed. That's what it takes us to. So there are some things that it doesn't move you. Praise the Lord. So what God wants from me is important in this possible. What God wants from me is possible. We looked at Genesis 17.1. It says, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be what? Perfect. You can't ignore that statement. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. Yes, I know in Nigeria you can ignore anything and get away with it, but you can't ignore it with God. You know, I've had transition. When I was much younger, you know, even with my education and all of that, I think I just had this basic, you know, Nigerian mindset that if they ask for this, this can do. And maybe it worked for me a bit. But, but my wife has more of a Oyibo mindset. So when they ask for something, my wife wants to give them exactly what they want. But you know in Nigeria, the, you can call a, a, a meeting and say, please, the passcode for this meeting is 7454, right? And then your very good friends will just come there. And they laugh and they say, how do you feel? They feel, I feel like 6222. They will enter it and expect to come in. Then if it doesn't open, they will call you, no boy, why this your door? No, they open. Is that how we Nigerians behave? That's how we behave. We don't take nothing. But God says, this is me. Walk before me and be what? But it does not come into you. You don't even pray about it. But yet you expect God to bless you. You don't believe him. That's what he wants from you. But on the other side, now what he wants for you, ah, God can do it. Praise the Lord. What God wants for you? Oh, he's committed to his promises. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Genesis 12, 2, 3, please put it. Let's look at it. What God wants for me? Thank you. He says to Abraham, I will make you. Who was he talking to here? You know, some man with his wife, you know, maybe 50 something years or something. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who, him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He was speaking to Abraham. Abraham was one lone, you know. If you say Abraham there, he'll be looking like one uh, Magaji in somewhere in Nasarawa now. And God said these things to him. Today we are singing Abraham's blessings are mine. Child of God, what God said he would do for you, he's able to do. Are you hearing me? It doesn't matter how. Listen, I will make your name great. I will bless you. After 25 years of that, he still didn't have a son. And yet the word has come to pass. How many of us are hanging 25 years after God made a promise? You own only 25 years. So why won't you believe him? Hallelujah. Why won't you believe him? I will make... <laughs> Today, Abraham is a greatness. In fact, almost, you know, the Jews claim him. The Muslims claim him. We ourselves, we are claiming him. Praise the Lord. Why? Because God said to him, I will do this. Let's see another one, you know, where, where he said that to him also. In Genesis uh, 22, the same Abraham. This in between now, he has said to him, I'm almighty God, walk before me and be perfect. Genesis 22 verse 15, please. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. What does it say? It says, Blessing I will what? You know know what? It says, I cannot be stopped from blessing you. Praise the Lord. It says, And multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sun which is on the seashore. 
and your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemies. Now, let me tell you a bit about the Jewish people. You see, after the second um, invasion and destruction of Israel, after Jesus' Jesus, the nation of Israel were scattered all over the world. It was the dispersion, which means there was no people of Israel. Okay? Now, and they continued like that for centuries, centuries, nothing. This promise to Abraham was, had gone with the wind. Okay? Watch what is happening now. A man named Hitler arose and became uncomfortable with some people that were Jews. Jews were not a nation of Israel. They were just Jews were in all parts of the world. In the Jews in, in his German uh, area. And he so hated them that he engineered a persecution of the Jews. Now, what that did was that it attracted attention and focus for all the Jews all over the world. He killed millions of them. Okay? But do you know that if not for the Holocaust, the whole world will not agree. The Jews themselves will not agree to come back and form a nation again. Their coming back to form a nation was out of sympathy for their pain. The people who were coming to join was out of unity. See how we have suffered. Nobody, no human being could plan that out. I get it now. Now, this nation comes to be. And from that vote, I, I don't have all the information. Some of us will know that better. When the United Nations was voting for, you know, a, a land and all of that for the nation of Israel, Great Britain did not support them. That was the time they ceased to become great. From that moment, Britain began to subside. Maybe tomorrow we'll just uh, um, colonize them. Do you understand? They began, I will bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. That was the beginning of the fall or the irrelevance of Great Britain in international politics. And Israel began, you know, they started coming together. That tiny land where they are, as few as they are, the world cannot do without Israel today. Medically, agricultural, you know, uh, defense-wise, every area. I told you that when we went to Dubai, the Lord said to me, what Dubai is to the natural world is what Israel is somehow to the spiritual world. Dubai represents all the beauty and all the flashy things. Israel represents the essence of a modern civilization. Israel is an ugly place. If you, if you go there, don't look forward to going there. My brother, you want to go there? Just go. When you go, if you look from far, you think you're seeing just mud. Their houses are, are mud color. So you know how you see skyline and you see beautiful area? There is nothing beautiful there but solid. When you're on air, you think they want to land you in a farm. Do you know? <laughs> they had to design their nation like that so that when airplanes come to attack, not everything is the same color. So how are you going to know uh, Asorok and the other one? Everything is just, do you understand? So God kept that promise. This evening, it is what God has said to you. It may seem so far off, but he is God. Praise the Lord. He is what? God. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Somebody say it is possible. What God wants for me is possible. So in the New Testament, what does it say to us? Third John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish I prayed that you may prosper and be in health, even as what? Your soul prospers. That's what God wants for me. Praise the Lord. And I say it is what? It is possible. That's what God wants for me. In this New Testament, that's what God wants for me. And it is possible. That's what God is saying to you and I. Okay? So because of time, as we try to round up, you and I must continually interrogate ourselves. Am I agreeing with God concerning this matter? Hallelujah. Am I agreeing with God or am I arguing with God? Praise the Lord. Do not argue with your capacity in Christ. Don't do that. Philippians 4.13, quickly, please. If you can just take us straight to the easy to read version. Don't argue with your capacity in Christ. Don't argue with your capacity in Christ. Did you hear me? The moment God says to you to do something or have something, he's the manufacturer. Praise the Lord. He's the maker. If you get a pressing iron now, the maker has said the wattage. Isn't it? And the right instructions. 
You get a piece of fabric now, you know, they'll say, this is the heat of iron, two, three, whatever. They are the maker. They are the ones that know what that thing can handle and what it can't handle. Okay, this is what it says. It says, Christ is the one who gives me the strength. I need to do what? Don't argue with your capacity in Christ. Don't allow the devil that didn't create you tell you your capacity. Praise the Lord. Don't allow the environment. The environment didn't create you. You just found yourself in them. And the world is changing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, we live in Nigeria now. There's the, you know, the news about Guinness World Records and all of that. So, for a long time, I don't know how long the lady that was holding the longest cooking for 80 hours, I don't know how long she held it. But uh, the young girl, Nigerian girl, Hilda, now came and targeted 100, right? They credited her with 93. But she beat that record. Now, two, three weeks after that, somebody is doing 120. Another person wants to do 150. You know why? Because all of a sudden, the environment has told them, you can do this. Why should I wait for my environment to tell me what God is telling me? For a long time, they thought the average human being could not run faster than a particular you know, speed. Yes, there was a limit. Some limit that they said a man couldn't run faster. So he couldn't do 100 meters under 11 seconds or whatever. One person beats it and then it becomes the least record in a race. Why? Because the environment has said it can be done. Now, you and I have the privilege of our maker speaking. The Bible says deep calling to deep. Bearing witness, saying you can do this. Praise the Lord. You can make it. You can stand. Oh, in this world, ah, nobody can do that. Ah, no, no young man can do that. You have to. No. That's like what we're saying to ourselves as men. No, all men don't cheat. It's dogs that are designed to cheat. Men are designed to be men to represent God. Praise the Lord. Because the moment the enemy gets you to believe what is not you, you will do what is not you. Praise the Lord. Don't make provision for failure. Don't make provision for the flesh. That's why we're Christians. We come to church, we read the Bible, and we see the provision God has made for us. Romans 13, 14, please. Romans 13, 14, the living Bible. So we'll move fast. Let's read it. Thank you. Let's see what it says. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to help you leave us. He said, don't make plans to enjoy evil. Don't put it in your plan. Make no provision for the flesh. Do you understand? Let it not be an option to you. Okay, so it says, um, God's will for me, for you, is possible. The enemy's plan or trap for you is also, is not just possible, is attractive, is advertised, and it is popular. This is what we are contending with. That's why it's so easy to be in unbelief. It's easier to be in unbelief than to be in faith. Because in unbelief, you have company. In unbelief, you have statistics to favor you. That's why the world, you see, the, the, the world is changing. And where it's changing to is that with more information coming out, people are seeing more bad things, and bad things are getting more. That's why in the U.S., you know, school shooting, they say, who did this? They say it's a 13-year-old boy. Then another 12-year-old boy says, if a 13-year-old boy can go and kill, then I can also go and kill, and then they put on you. It's because the devil is a master advertiser. He does that better than us. Praise the Lord. The other day, CNN, Father's Day, CNN said, uh, um, Father stands up for the son. How many of us saw that news? And I said, ah, CNN wants to broadcast good news like that. We're watching the news. You know the full news? That a father who had an LGBT son stood up for his son. He said, you see, um, they cannot put anything good. They can't. Praise the Lord. Let's rise on our feet. It is possible. Praise the Lord. It is possible. It is possible. What God wants for me is possible. What God wants from me is possible. I am a believer. Be saying it after me. I'm a believer. I believe God. I can do what He said I can do. I will have what He said I will have. I put my trust in Him. God does not lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God is not lying to me. He didn't lie to Abraham. <laughs> he did not lie to Sarah. He's not lying to you. Trust in me. He makes a way where there is no way. Sir, preacher, there is no way. Yes, I know, but he said he makes a way. There is no what I say. He causes rivers in the wilderness. That's the God we serve. I want you to begin to expand your faith now. 
I want you to go to God and begin to tell him how you believe him. I want you to ask the devil to get behind you. I want you to kick out that liar that has told you this is it. Your life is over. No. No. It's not over. This is not the end of your story. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. There are thoughts of good. It means you will come out of indebtedness. It means that there will be glory. There will be a raising of head. It means that all that you have believed him for, you will have the opportunity to share the testimony. He told us some time ago that the reason for the experience is so that there will be a story to back up the glory. The things you and I, some of us are going to, is the story that will back up the glory. Just like as a nation, we are going through a story. All these things are going to make sense very soon. Because the glory of the Lord will be seen. The waiting time is part of the story. Every man that God did great things for, there was a season that makes up the story now. Think of each of them. Anyone that you want to mention. From Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph. Lord, I thank you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I hope in you. I declare that it is possible. What you want for me is possible. You can do what you have said you will do. You will do what you have said you will do. Lord, I still trust in you. It may not be common, but I'm expectant. It may not be frequent, but I'm expectant. Father, we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.